0: Formula One comes into Miami, and while the cars didn't leap like dolphins, they certainly brought the heat as Charles Leclerc takes pole for the first ever Miami Grand Prix. Welcome to episode 192 of the Grid Talk Podcast. My name is Louis Edwards, and today we're going to be reviewing qualifying for the 2022 Miami Grand Prix. Joining me today, we have Philip Matthew. Hello. We have Shanika from Get Checkered.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: And making her grid talk debut is Rachel Caputa from the Paddock Pulse Formula One podcast. Hello. So, um, brand new circuit, brand new venue to Formula One. Um, first of all, now that we've seen some actual on-track action, it's going to go around to each of you and just ask what your sort of first in sort of impressions have been of this new new track. So, Philip, we'll start start with you. Um, yeah, it's certainly unique um, driving, driving around the NFL stadium. But uh, is it any
2: good? I think it's par for what Tilky Drones could be relative to it being around an NFL stadium in a car park. So it's got feelings of Dallas. Uh, it's got feelings of uh Indianapolis and Coda and you know other circuits that have come along over here in recent years we I'm in the end I think the first section minus the you know the really tight exit out of pit road there which is a traffic uh problem which has been seen earlier through the weekend that s section there leading into the wide angle going down the long straightaway um is very challenging and definitely uh gave some people problems here today in qualifying, that's a challenging part of the track. It's something you'd see at a lot of great circuits. Um, The Mickey Mouse section that they put in there at the back of the circuit definitely is not ideal, but in the end, it's a byproduct of where they have it and kind of the whole um, landlocking of the circuit and not having the opportunity to utilize maybe some other roads. Um the last section of the circuit is really a long straightaway and a couple of turns that lead into the pit road so it's nothing of great significance it kind of reminds me of the uh track in uh, Korea that they raced at uh, for only like 2 or 3 years um in that sense it, solid yet unspectacular track i think it's more for the pomp and circumstance of it all um they raced in Miami in Tamiami Park, uh, many years ago, for IndyCar and IMSA here in the United States, and then they also raced in the streets of Miami downtown with IndyCar and IMSA or ALMS or whatever it was at that point. So they Miami has had racing since more or less my since I've been alive. Uh, but now this circuit is a purpose built, you know, um, grade one circuit for Formula One. That the vast majority of the stuff they have here. Uh, within a couple of weeks will be able to be taken down and they'll be ready to go for whatever other events they'll have in the stadium uh here coming up But uh, nothing i it's not the best circuit they race on it's not the worst circuit they race on it's right up the middle and i um, figure it should be an interesting race uh coming up uh, tomorrow
0: yeah, it, it's been a steep learning curve for a lot of uh, the drivers, Janika. It's you know really tested. We've seen um, signs crashing practice, Ocon crashing uh, crash in practice, and not being able to take part in qualifying. And even then, for the likes of Hamilton, <laughs> Verstappen, it's been a real challenge, and it's really kept the drivers on their toes.
1: Yeah, I actually found um, as a spectator watching from home, uh, it actually kind of disorienting. Um, I went in completely blind. Uh, I've been very swamped with my job. So I didn't even realize that it was as landlocked as it was. So when we were falling behind some car um, to see then that it was below an overpass and have like a delivery truck go by, I was like, I don't know what's happening (laughs) right now or what like world we've entered. Um, But I I, would say similar words to Philip, not the hardest track, not the easiest track, Not the prettiest track, not the worst looking track. I think we're just somewhere in the middle with all of it. And uh, like you said, it's just been really interesting to see the drivers have challenges adjusting to it, but also as a spectator, having challenges adjusting to like what I was seeing and just, I can't get over the fake Marina. I'm never going to get over it. I don't know. They have so much money. (laughs) You couldn't have just done something. So I don't know. That's just where I'm at right now. I think I'm still processing the fact that this is happening. Miami's happening in the way that it's happening.
0: I mean, it wouldn't be a street circuit if we didn't have some sort of <laughs> um, weird sort of uh, road nearby. Of course, Australia has the highway next to the track, and then Singapore also has bridges that um, sort of go mm. very close to the track, so keeping it true to the, to the, the spirit of uh, street <laughs> circuits in One. But, uh, Rachel, I mean, it's, as we've sort of already discussed, as uh, Philip and Sheldon mentioned, it's an all right track. I mean, we certainly had uh, worse street circuits in the, in the past. And, yeah, <laughs> just give me you your, uh, your thoughts, uh, really.
3: Yeah, I definitely think it was built around the fan experience. Um, when you see the type of things they offered for the fans at the circuit, All the different bars and restaurants, they even had like a bar crawl tour that you could take around the circuit and it's like you're coming there for a Formula One race like really that focused on all the food and drinks so and there's two little pool areas that you can sit in where you can't even see the track you're just sitting in a tiny little splash pool so it's definitely for the fans, uh, the circuit itself. You know, just as everyone was saying, um, it's, it's not a very forgiving circuit if you spin your in the wall, as we've seen a couple people do so far. Um, in those practice sessions so I I think it's really going to come down to on the race day can people actually overtake and is it is it good racing that we're going to see um which is we, we don't know yet I I know that there is the W series race I didn't get to watch any of that and it's different of course with overtaking but I'm very curious to see tomorrow during the race how how the race actually is and if there's overtaking
0: yeah, that has been a, a concern for the drivers day. It gets very dirty offline. The, the marbles tend to build up and it could could definitely pose an issue if um, drivers do try to overtake. But, uh, Philip, I imagine the person who's probably not going to be too worried about overtaking people tomorrow is Charles Leclerc as he starts on pole. Um, a very solid lap, probably not the cleanest lap and one he's probably most happy with in the end. But it was enough for him to take pole. Um and for Charles Leclerc, Paul has usually um, <laughs> gone on to his favor and he gets the win.
2: Every win he's had, they said it on the telecast. Every win he's had in his career, all four, he's come from the pole position there, Louis. And it, he had a good lap, not he said it wasn't his best. The fact is Carlos Sainz, who we're going to mention here in a moment, had a better lap through the first two sectors but he made it work in a third. And that's where a lot of the drivers have been making their time in that short third sector, right? Out of the Mickey Mouse chicane going down the long back straightaway into the last couple of turns. Um, The fact of the matter is for Charles Leclerc, he needed this pole after kind of a haphazard, not uh, up to snuff race at uh, Imola losing a lot of points to Max Verstappen and Red Bull, Uh, a bad weekend in general for Ferrari. Um, They needed a recovery. They've been up there all weekend. I mean, yes, Carlos Sainz will get into it, but still struggling a bit. But for Charles Leclerc, he's been standing up to Max Verstappen this weekend. He's got the pole. He's right in front of him. If he can get a good start and get ahead of his teammate, um, he will at least initially have... The opportunity to dictate the pace and everything in this race and possibly um, regain some momentum as we get into a busy uh, part of the calendar with uh, Catalonia and Monaco, his home race coming up. So um, good ra- a good start to the weekend for him uh, getting that pole position and leading into, hopefully for him, another victory, a fifth victory um,
0: to regain some ground on Max Verstappen. Yeah, he's, he's certainly going to need it after Imola and Shanika, He's got a helpful hand of Carlos Sainz right next to him on the front row. It's been a tricky time for Sainz recently, my and heart. yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, second place he'll be happy with that. And if he can make it to the end of this race or make it to the end of the session with no hiccups or worries, he'll definitely be happy with himself.
1: Yeah, I think uh my, why we're we back the way I did it's just because I feel for him you know it's tough to go through several tough weekends right and not have your confidence shaken um obviously the p2 that fine lap he did amazing in but uh, I I I just hope he can hold it together because I'm starting to get nervous for him I think we just knew him as being so stable so consistent um, last season to now see a little bit of challenges, which everyone goes through. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. I know Formula One Twitter is probably like, it's all over for him. And no, it's fine. He'll figure it out. But it does make me uh, nervous as a fan of his. I just want him to do well, not for like Ferrari and the team's sake, but more so for his sake and his confidence, uh, going through the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Especially, with, uh, we've never seen signs really in a, uh, uh, even title competing or a race winning car. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, clearly, the pressure was maybe getting to him a little bit <laughs> as we saw, but uh, and he's he's put it in P2. Um, then third place, Rachel is uh, Max Verstappen looking very quick, um, throughout entire, uh, the entire qualifying. And then when it came to it, the last uh, the last lap of, of his session had a bit of a kick of oversteer out of turn six, and that was it. It relegated him to P3, a place where it's going to be very difficult for him to get past those two uh, Ferraris tomorrow.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did have that mistake in his last um, hot lap, but I I think he did really well considering the – lit during his practices, how the car you know he barely got any laps in, so I think he he was really competitive for not having that many laps and that much experience and he did really well when he got into the uh twenty eights I like stood up I was like it's a twenty eight one twenty eight and I was super excited for that um wasn't sure who was gonna come up and beat it, but you know he he is third and he's got his um his teammate right behind him so I, I think yeah, he was he was really quick. He did great last lap. Just kind of lost it a little bit and bailed out. Um, but I think considering his lack of practice, he he was really competitive and it was a really good job from him.
0: It was, um, but he's yeah, he's gonna have a lot of work to uh, to do tomorrow. And Philip, he yeah, as Rachel rightly said, he's he's got Sergio Perez right behind him. Both <laughs> Red Bulls are going to be there. And Perez has also looked fairly competitive, even though maybe not as, you know, on key as just happened throughout qualifying. But he, during practice, he's also looked very, very good. And I think he can be one to help uh, Red Bull in their fight against Ferrari tomorrow.
2: Absolutely. His, his and also his tire saving, uh, Prowess, I think, is going to play a big part tomorrow in the strategy, considering how hot the temperatures are going to be. And the ability for Sergio Perez to stay up there and generally keep his car on track and dictate strategy towards Ferrari, um, you know, that they'll give Max everything he needs. But Sergio's going to be on a different, uh, different strat to go and make sure they cover both ends. But he was only, uh, what is it, uh, 40, like just under a half a tenth, it looks like, I mean. Yeah, 0.05, you know, basically 0.55 behind his own teammate who's a world champion. And um, I think maybe if he could have put together a better lap in the first uh, try, I think he might have been in, he might have even been ahead of Max there, which would have changed things up a little bit. But as it stands right now, his job is going to be to hold off whoever's behind and in turn also determine kind of dictate what ferrari has to do with whichever car it may be more likely carlos signs uh, initially in the race to try to get max into second and with all the other things that'll probably happen safety cars and the like but a good run by Checo, uh, essentially uh one of the closest races he gets to home uh, started his career in the skip barber racing series uh, in which is like a junior formula for open wheels uh just getting out of go-karts so that's where Sergio Perez's career started started at the Miami Speedway so uh, kind of a throwback to his initial uh beginnings in motorsports so good for uh, Checo there and I'm sure he has plenty of fans down there uh wanting to see him do well
0: mm-hmm. and those the tire saving I think will be very crucial uh tomorrow but now we move on from our Red Bull and Ferrari overlords this season, and we move on to fifth place, Shankar. And all of my plaudits go to this man today, Valtteri Bottas, I know. P5. <laughs> just this is brilliant. Like in an Alfa Romeo, which isn't really that competitive, given where his teammate is, he is driving the socks off that car.
1: Yeah, but I think we're always acting. I mean, not we, but people act surprised that Valtteri Bottas has always been a great driver. Right. And even put him in any car, he'll figure it out. And uh, it's just for me, it's been exciting to see what can happen if someone is sort of the number one in leading the team and um, more so to just see him happy. uh, Because I think he's showing that in his performances every single week. Like he's doing really, really well. And uh, for the Alfa Romeo team, I mean, to have a driver like Valtteri that's leading the charge who can support you in building a better car and building a better team, like overall, it's just such a great win. But uh, I was excited, but I also, am going to be honest here, I was not paying attention to him when he was out on the track. I was, uh, Lando's, like, basketball helmet was distracting me, the drive-by of the delivery cart, like, I was very distracted. So, when I saw him hit the P5, or, I was just like, oh, okay, this is great. <laughs> Didn't see, wasn't paying attention, this is amazing. Um, so, I hope he can kind of hold that position and, really just do well tomorrow cuz i feel like he sometimes gets hit with the worst luck every time he goes in for a pit stop i still have the heart attack of monaco of like oh god what if they can't get you know like that happens even if it's just a second too long i'm like it's going to happen again so i'm really happy for him hope he can hold the position
0: but well, he's going to face competition cuz behind him is his former teammate um lewis hamilton and <laughs> rachel and he wasn't looking all that confident in that car in q1 he was Really struggling. Even a possibility may have been eliminated, but he managed to hook it up, and then finally we got to Q three, and he managed to hook up a good lap, and yeah, put it sixth. And you got to say it's respectable given where George Russell is, and you know just how quick Russell's been this season. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty good job in Lewis Hamilton.
3: Yeah, no, that, it was an awesome job. Um, him and George kind of did a little flip-flop. Um, I would have kind of expected them to be switched uh, from where they are, but really good for Lewis. I know he has so many celebrity fans that are at this race, so I think having that kind of support is also great for him. Um, Mercedes came with a lot of upgrades to, to Miami, um, not necessarily ones that they thought, we're going to make the car faster. They just wanted to make sure they're going in the right direction. They didn't expect a big jump, so it's definitely good data for them to have. I think Lewis had a great lap. Um, you, He's improved a lot from free practice one, so it, it was great to see. And yeah.
1: Okay. Also, celebrity former first lady Michelle Obama. <laughs> no, that,
2: that is I a celebrity. It. That's a when big I saw one.
1: Saw her. I was like, no
3: way. <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> yeah if, uh, if there was the, a, a former UK Prime Minister there, I think they would have been booed to the hell if they <laughs> so showed up themselves <laughs> and said <so. laughs> um, we don't even know who their partners are so uh, <laughs> don't really pay attention but uh, yeah the, I mean it is, it is one it's been one hell of an event uh, so far in Miami with some of the people who have turned up I even noticed George Lucas was in the back of the, the Mercedes mm-hmm. garage today so yeah, big people. And so, Philip, we'll move on to P7 and Pierre Gasly. You know, Alpha Tauri have not been that great uh, this year. And even so, we've not seen great performances from Pierre Gasly that we've been used to for the last two seasons. So it's quite nice to see him back in P7 now. And, you know, with a car which just seems to be suiting the Alpha, uh, well, the track and a, and a car that just seems to be suiting him better this this weekend
2: yeah and it, there was for a while there louis it looked like yuki was going to get the better of him mm-hmm. which doesn't happen all that often so the notion of pierre gasly you know pulling one out and getting a good qualifying run being the best of the rest in a sense outside of course valtteri botas um you know getting that good run in there and for the alpha team to get both of their cars in so the red bull powertrain being fully represented in q3 at miami a big deal there Uh, hadn't had a great weekend up to that point pierre gasly so to go and get p7 is good relative to who he's trying to race not only the mclarens but you would look at the alpines who have had a checkered um difficult um weekend to say the least so those are some of the teams they're looking at in that more condensed midfield and um if they're trying to go and gain some ground and, and bring themselves up in the constructor standings, getting a good qualifying run was key. And that's what, uh, uh, Pierre Gasly was able to do. Uh, yeah, it isn't the same as it had been the last couple of seasons where he'd f- qualify top five or would be six and he'd get that fifth or sixth place finish. But I think these cars are all, of course, a little different. And maybe he's getting his head around them at the right time because there's a bunch of races here coming up that, uh, the Alpha Tori team are going to need him to be the lead dog as why he's there and um, pick up a lot of points and kind of solidify their spot uh, in the constructor standing. So good, good uh, uh, job when it mattered. And now it's just about putting it together for uh, 50 plus laps tomorrow
0: in the race. Yeah. And there's definitely opportunities for him to, to be able to move up, um, because we just really don't know what's going to happen with this race tomorrow and how many safety cars and virtual safety cars or even potential red flags that we may have tomorrow. P8, uh, a driver you would have been take, <laughs> paying attention to because of his uh, basketball helmet, uh, <laughs> Lando <laughs> Norris.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: very, very respectful um, position for Norris, um, given that this McLaren seems to be really track-sensitive. It seems to be great one place, not so great another. And to be well ahead of his teammate, he'll be he'll be happy with what he's done today.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you said it pretty spot on respectable. and uh, of course, I do think he can put like I think there's still more in the car and more in him, obviously he wants to win everything. Um, but you know I, I think he'll do fine. Uh, I'm curious to know what the strategy will look like though with Danny Rick. Being so much farther back for the McLaren team, like, is it going to be another race where they're just trying to do what they can for Lando and then learn everything from Danny or is he going to have the ability to move up? I don't know. So uh, I think Lando's showing that he truly is the future of the team and uh, is showing his best, but I'm also like, I feel like there's more there um and this is coming from a girl who has never been in a formula one car and only commentates on it so <laughs> i feel like lando has more to give and i hope tomorrow that um frankly when he does a little bit better uh we know that he can race and is competitive so we know that the car is a bit of an issue but i think that there is more there and I hope we see it this weekend
0: yeah i mean we've seen from just how like quick this McLaren has progressed. Mm-hmm. There is definitely potential um, for them to be, to be a lot higher than where they are, but yes, uh, not, <laughs> maybe not showing uh, everything at the moment. Um, P9, Rachel, Yuki Tsunoda, um again, a driver that people are seriously questioning uh, come the end of last season. And now with this Alvatari becoming a bit better, is get in there and, you know, P9 is, you know, more than most people would expect from Yuki Tsunoda. Um, Starting to really show his form now.
3: Yeah, he definitely needed to do this, get P9, and he needs to continue to do this. Um, it, It's just a cutthroat team, and if he's not performing, then they're going to get rid of him. So he just needs to keep performing like this. Um, Maybe beat Pierre a few times in qualification. That would be good for him. That'd be good to see, so... He's got to keep it up. I think he's working out some of those mistakes that he had um, last year. And I I hope that he just keeps getting better now that he's taking his training more seriously, um, which we all heard about. Um, so he, he's just got to keep this up. And it was a, it was good for him.
0: Yeah, very solid. Um, and, yeah, rounding up the top 10 now, Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, Seems like there is something coming from that Aston Martin now. It's something that we may not have seen um, from the start of this season. We thought they were maybe fighting at the back with the with the Williams, even you know just a few weeks ago. But Lance Troll, fair play to him. Um, P ten, quite a way off in P ten, mind, but you know, this is more than definitely we expected from this Aston Martin, who we expected to be right at the back.
2: Yeah, for Lance, uh, you know the a squirrel has to find a nut once in a while. And so uh, he did today. Um, I mean, frankly, I think Sebastian had more pace than him through the weekend. And I think his, uh, his pace on his last lap might've been good enough. Uh, Sebastian got on the radio and said he messed up in the Mickey Mouse chicane. And that was where he lost but um, what amounted to maybe a little under a 10th and that he would have gotten into Q3. Um, So for Lance, for them to get into Q3, yes, big deal for him. Big deal for that team. They've been on the back foot all year. The porpoising issue is still a problem for them. Not to the extent, of course, as Mercedes, but um, who knows? uh, Maybe they can battle for a point. Here are a couple of points. I think there is going to be a lot of attrition. So there could be an opportunity there for Aston Martin to make something of this weekend as they get towards, uh, you know, uh, Catalonia, Monaco, another street course in Azerbaijan and Canada as the next four races. I mean, the aero setups that they're going to have for this race would probably be similar to the Azerbaijan and Canada rounds, so that might be a positive sign for them with some of the upgrades they brought to the table. Um, but yeah, it's it's good for the team and their CEO, who I will not say his name because it'll just get me in trouble. But uh, for where they've been at the start of the year to make a Q three appearance, get ahead of you know the likes of both Alpines, uh, both Haas's, and a bunch of, and, and you know Williams of course um you know that's that's a good thing for them and Sebastian being up there uh, relatively speaking they might have an opportunity here this weekend to maybe sneak a point depending on how things work out
3: I think Lance just wants to get out of timeout that daddy Lawrence put him in so he's trying to get these good performances mm-hmm. to get out of timeout <laughs>
2: I'd I like hope. to be in the timeout that he's in, considering yeah, how much how money my, his dad yeah. has.
3: Billionaire dad, so. <laughs> <laughs> timeout on a yacht.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah the on the fake
2: there. marina, on the fake <laughs> marina inside the track. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. That's a timeout for sure. All the Canadian drivers make me embarrassed <laughs> a little bit, so it's great. <laughs> it
0: must have had a horror show when they crashed in Australia.
1: <laughs> I was like, I felt I was sinking in my couch. I was like, this is no one no one listen to our podcast episode <laughs> just no one look at us but it's um the billionaire boys club is the two canadian boys and yeah it's it's a time
2: <laughs> it's it's dropped off exponentially from Gilles Villeneuve and Jacques Villeneuve to mm-hmm. what we have now unfortunately for canadian representation in formula 1 but there is hope.
1: I'm apologising for
0: everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move away from Canada and we'll uh, we'll move on to Spain, Shania uh, and Fernando Alonso in P11. I can't stress just how close he was. I think mm-hmm. less than half of the tenth uh, off getting into to into Q3, and that is just making one corner a bit better. Um, but he's been driving fantastic, and I think he'll maybe take this. Uh, maybe it's a bit of a hit because he really, I think the pace that he's shown recently probably should have been in the top 10.
1: I actually agree with you when you, when you saw the split between what was it like the people that got booted, I was like, this is insane, but also it just shows how competitive the cars are, which is great. And for, for me, I'm just excited to see him back. I think that that's something every time that he races that I feel happy about, So the fact that he's in a car that has pace on top of that is so exciting. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. I think a lot of it is just positioning. So if he doesn't get a little too hot headed, which we know he can be sometimes, um, and just capitalizes on others' mistakes, maybe some safety cars, maybe a couple flags, who knows. Um, But he always finds a way to surprise us. So I think that he's definitely one to watch tomorrow.
0: Mm. I will try and save my praise for Fernando, given I am such a... I've been a Fernando fanboy since day one of my Formula One. Um, Ever since I started watching Formula One. Um, So, Rachel, we'll move on to P12, which is uh, George Russell. Now, you already spoke about Lewis Hamilton, and you said that you would have expected it to be the other way around. Honestly, I think you're right with just how quick George Russell has been. Just one mistake in Q2 kind of put him out of sync and that saw him go out.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mr. Consistency so far this season. Um, He's going to have a hard time keeping up that uh, top five every race coming up from P12. But yeah, he just kind of, as you said, lost it in Q2. Just lost his rhythm. And that just set him back. I know he was frustrated for sure with that. Um, He's so hard on himself. But yeah, we'll see how far he can make it back up through the fields. I um, mean he, he's, he's used to battling, you know, from his Williams days. Well, if he could even get in the, the fight, that is, um, with those slow cars. But so he's used to that kind of stuff. Maybe he won't get as stuck as Lewis did last week, I think it was. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think he's going to have a hard time making it back up, but we'll see how he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's less porpoising in this Mercedes and it definitely uh, uh, looks a lot quicker than uh, what we've seen. Their pacing practice was impressive. So I think it was down just to be how easy it is to overtake this track. uh, He was talking
3: about his like neck and back issues that he's been having just from the porpoising alone. So, I mean, that that's no good. I mean, no one's body is meant to do that. First of all, it's not meant to. Handle the G force that they handle, but to add the bouncing to it—I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. I can't even imagine what that must feel like.
0: Yeah, I—I I, I wouldn't even <laughs> um think about it. Just be imagine on a very, very bumpy road, <laughs> and yeah, I just—I don't know how they did it. Especially like going into a corner when you're bouncing so much. How do you focus on the to break? <laughs> um, so. Philip, um, you've got the uh, the joy of talking about the other Aston Martin, and uh, now Sebastian Vettel. And you said right that he made one mistake, and that cost him. Given how just how close it was, the um, all those drivers that got knocked out in Q two, they were so close to getting into Q three. And yeah, and Vettel was noticeably angry on the radio. You can't blame him because it really was just one mistake cost him top ten.
2: Yeah, and he would have been faster than his teammate. I mean, his his pace, and that was on a new set of tires. Uh, Stroll did that uh, in, in Q3. He was faster than his teammate was there in that spot. He's been, at the start of the season, Louis wasn't great, of course, you know, with getting COVID and, and not having time in the car. And Australia was brutal. Uh, the car is not great. They're making progress slow and steady here um we wonder if we're seeing the end for sebastian vettel um he's spending a lot more time i think being more of an activist and i'm getting a kick out of that and um kind of speaking out to some of the injustices and other issues that seem to exist um not only with f1 circuits with the fia with formula one but with our society as a whole so i like that aspect of Sebastian Vettel for sure. He's a legend. He's one of the greatest ever. And um, he may not be in the best car now, but who knows? Um, he's a he's a grinder. Uh, I think there will be some stuff that goes on in front of him early on. Um, uh, ladies talked about, of course, with Fernando Alonso with some of the other guys that are up there that might go and El Plan may not go to plan or some of these other people may not do what they have to do and you know as I said a point or two maybe in the cards if they keep it on the track I think that's really what it is and the frustration and anger I think will drive uh Sebastian up further as far as he can go Um because I think he wants to make the most out of every Grand Prix because I I feel like he's going about things in a way which
0: seems like it might be the end of the road for him yeah i mean he's been in this for so long now uh it's inevitable that, um that he may be slowly looking for the door you No, know, not everyone can do what fernando alonso does and just keep coming back every few years but uh yeah <laughs> i think uh vettel he really came to Aston Martin to see what he could do with this team. And it looks like this team's not really going to be doing all that much in terms of championship wise. So yeah, I think it's going to be a matter of when uh, and how long now until he unfortunately retires. Cause I think a lot of people are, are definitely going to miss him. Um, speaking of uh, someone who could potentially be out of a drive at the end of this uh, in a <laughs> few years, yeah, um, <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo I mean when you've got when McLaren have got someone like Pato Award just sort of waiting to take that seat of it like a P14 isn't isn't great for Daniel especially when we know what that McLaren is capable of
1: oh god it's like a nightmare that's never ending eh like it's just never ending for Daniel Ricciardo my god uh I just don't know like I don't just don't even have any words anymore of like what I I just want to like Pull him aside and give him a pep talk, or like have my mom go do it. She's really good at them. Like, I don't know what needs to happen here. Um, but he's so much fun in the sport, too. Right. So, it's like if, if we lose him, like we're going to lose a bit of character. Um, so I want him to stay, I want him to do well, but I just have no idea what needs to happen <laughs> to make that happen. Like, I, I don't, I have nothing.
2: Yeah. His his helmet was great he looked like he fought that fish in the in the tank there trying to find the diamond that was missing from his helmet um and he lost uh that battle along with the battle at uh, the racetrack uh, to fall out in q2 so i mean it's hard to put into words how bad it has become for daniel ricardo and when paddle award wins last week at Barber Motorsports Park and you have Colton Herta when he isn't screwing himself up too um in the seemingly the McLaren development pipeline too um you're and other drivers that they have in the junior formulas uh, you're staring at the end of the road too for a guy who's likely probably going to come over here and either run NASCAR or run IndyCar or something and it'll be good for us but ain't gonna be good for F1
1: yeah, I think that's what's interesting to see um, what his team is doing in terms of pub publicity, especially here in North America, like the amount of interviews he's been doing and uh, just what broadcast he's on. Because I do think actually, Philip, that you're saying what his career and future might be. They're trying to build his brand um, beyond where it normally has been. And I think it is because we're all seeing what's happening and he's not dumb either and his team isn't. So they're just prepping for what could come next.
3: Yeah, he Which already sucks. owns a <laughs> house here. Yeah, already owns a house here. Is Mister Texas? You know, like he's mm. already got the vibe, and he's walking the walk, talking the talk. We'll see if he can drive the drive.
2: Dale Earnhardt's a
0: hero. Dale <laughs>
3: Earnhardt's a yeah. hero. So that's true. That is
1: true.
0: No, yeah. it makes an Aussie, but an American at heart, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.
0: Right, uh, so now we move on to fifteenth, uh, which was Mick Schumacher, uh, Rachel, and it. I was I was kind of surprised because he, the houses weren't looking that slow, and then suddenly they were slow, and I felt really bad because Mick was like P eleven in Q one. I, like, uh, I was like, Is he going to get his top ten? Is he going to get it? And then P fifteen. No.
3: Yeah, I really don't have any answers for that. I have no idea what happened. I was really expecting it for him this time. And um, the only thing that he is going for him is he finished in front of his teammate, which we needed to see him start to do, you know, work out some of those rookie mistakes and get a little bit more consistent. So at least he had that going for him. But I was really looking forward to seeing the Haas doing well, you know, especially because Haas, the American team, you know, mm-hmm. showing up. But yeah, it, it's, who knows? Who knows what happened between practice and qualification?
0: Yeah, I think we should probably now stress the, the now American team again. After, <laughs> <laughs> and now that the blue has gone from that car. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, No egghead
2: anymore and no people from a certain country. We're back yeah. to half stuff one again.
0: That's yeah. um, <laughs> a yeah, it, it wasn't great for Mick and then Philip, It wasn't great for uh, Kevin Magnuson either, P16. Uh, yeah, I think Haas in general just will be disappointed with this given just how competitive they have been and how competitive they were, uh, especially in earlier sessions.
2: Yeah, that's it's a that's a big great point you brought up there, Louis, where, I mean, Kevin Magnuson was up there through all three sessions of free practice at times, He's been very pacey most of this year. Yes, they've had a couple of off races here recently, and maybe the field is starting to come back to them relative to their initial good development. But I look at, I would compare Kevin Magnussen's situation similar to Valtteri Bottas getting that fresh start, that new lease on life with the Ferrari power unit and a team that's basically coming from the bottom. And He's outperformed Mick this whole time. Um, also, I think Mick has been pushing very hard, and that big crash at Jeddah really set him back. Um, and he's still working his confidence back up from that incident, which is the second time he's had a major incident there. Um, but to not get out of Q1 and when you already had one car out, uh, mm-hmm. it was brutal. Uh, brutal burn for the team. Uh, tough time, of course. Uh, Gene Haas's mom just passed away recently, oh. too. So, I mean, it's some um, interesting times for them. I'm curious to see what the development will be like with this team. Are they going to fall back? Are they going to be going back towards you know, where they were with Williams? Or are they going to be able to stay up there in that midfield battle? Tomorrow's race does not look great in regards to um, making a lot of track position. I think it's more about um trying to last and and they've been their car has been very durable uh relative to some of the other cars out there so i might play in their their favor i mean it's gonna be very hot kevin Magnuson is used to the heat here in in the us after his time racing here last year um maybe it gives him a little leg up um he has been in an indy car and great heat too so um it might play a role. He might be able to sneak something out of it, but I'm sure he didn't come into this weekend thinking he was going to be knocked out of Q1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough spot for the Haas team, but um, they're they, they're grinders, and you know Gunther Steiner will have some motivational speech and a few <laughs> curse words to say um, while they're sitting and drinking prosecco or whatever they're going to be drinking <laughs> out on
0: the on the marine or whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they'll definitely want to be putting on a, a show for the home race. Um, but if, if things don't go to plan, they always have Austin to to, <laughs> to go again. Um, P17, Shanika, Zhou, and you got to kind of feel bad for Zhou because there's clearly pacing at that Alfa Romeo, and he was on a he was on a fast lap before he met basically downtown by the <laughs> <big> traffic, <laughs> going into like the second to last corner, um, and had to abandon his lap and that was it he was out he had no opportunity to, to improve and that that's going to be incredibly frustrating
1: yeah like devastating I, I couldn't even imagine you're feeling so good you're doing so well and then all, all of a sudden there's what six cars in front of you and you just have to bail um he, I, I don't know I think for him it's just it's his rookie year and I find that I'm quite lenient for anyone on their rookie year because I just think it's so difficult to adjust, but he's done so well all season. So it's just a matter of, you know, can you just keep learning, right? Every single race, just learn something and take that in the back pocket. You know, you've got a racy car. So what can you learn? What can you help? What can help you be a better driver? What things can you figure out about the car? Like I think all of those things are wins. Uh, Anytime he's on a track, it's a good thing for these junior drivers to just learn as much as they can. So, sucked for him. It was devastating to watch. Then also hear him come on the radio, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> "It's okay. It's not your fault." <laughs> um, but I don't know. The season I feel like for him is just learning. Just learn all the things.
0: Yeah, you got to learn that. Yeah, when you're in a car park, there's likely going to be parked cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, P nineteen, Rachel, Alex, Alex Albon. There's not really much you can say about Williams it's, uh, it's quite clear that they are the slowest car probably the two drivers there where you'd expect them to be um but you know if Albon is able to look after his tires and maybe do all but one lap on them again it could be cuz <laughs> but some points if some drivers go off ahead of him
3: yeah possibly um he was doing really well uh earlier in practice so I was a little bit surprised to see him so low in the in the field. But again, it's just we'll see how he does tomorrow. We'll see if he can make up any of those spots. And you know, there's we know there's probably going to be safety cars, maybe a red flag, who knows. So there's there's all those opportunities to get a cheap pit stop or, you know, something that could help him move through the field. So we'll see. We'll see how he does. I, I'm always a big Alex Albon supporter. How can you not be? He is just a sweetest pie out there on the track, (laughs) adorable. So, you know, you just want to give him a hug and give him a cookie and milk and be like, great job. Um, So I'm rooting for him always.
2: George and Lando would love that that whole entire clip. We need to cut that clip and send it to George and Lando as two BFFs and tell them about how adorable and sweet as pie uh, is. Alex <laughs> Albon is. We found we have found Alex Albon's number one fan in the United States. So, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: so move on to his his teammate uh, now, Philip. And I've only re- I've re- really got one question uh what lap will he bring out the red flag <laughs> oh yeah
2: that's that's a good one oh that's the God. this that's reserving it this is the egghead question of the day uh by louis uh let's see it's 50 was it tomorrow's race is 50 58 laps right um 57 58 something like that i'm gonna say he's gonna bring out a red flag on lap 19. I figure we get started, we get going, Uh, he gets a little too excited uh, and he crashes either in the spot where um, Alice Powell ate it earlier today uh, in the W Series, or he'll crash in the Mickey Mouse section and block the entire track. Um, That's likely where um, he would find his demise. Uh, It didn't seem like the track workers had a clue on how to take a car off the racetrack. Which means this could, in based on the W Series race, so there's entire, there is a good possibility that that um, red flag could come earlier. Um, there aren't many, very, there aren't very many runoff areas for um, mm-hmm. Nick to uh, go off. I'm sure he wants to go and take a break and go to the fake marina. Um, and they could put Logan Sargent in the car. Um, I'd personally sign for that um as a fan of logan Sargent, but um they won't do that at least at this time um yeah i i'll say lap 19 um possibly it could happen even earlier um while rachel is a big fan of alexander albon i definitely am not a fan of nicholas latifi um that's been made very clear on this show (laughs) and other places over my time um he's a nice guy i know i know Steph. Who used to do the show loves uh nicholas latifi um his co- his dad's coffee brand is good lavats is good coffee i guess um but and some of the other things that he's sponsored by are good um but he isn't um so i mean his his claim to fame today is he only lost out into qualifying to alex albon by uh i think
0: it what like is just
2: yeah, just on. Yeah, he's just under. So that's like the best qualifying he's had all year, um, relative to his teammates. So um, good on him. Let him have some uh, go and really tie one on. And they'll need a reserve driver tomorrow. That's what I'm hoping for. We could go and put Logan Sargent make his F1 debut here tomorrow. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Dislike Nicholas Latifi. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't mean anything by it <laughs> by the question. I just, yeah, I just don't think he's
2: probably okay. All good. twelve, all <laughs> all twelve of his fans are not going to come after you, <laughs> you, Louis. It's okay. It's all no. right. No, and you yeah. got cosign. You got a cosign here too, so you're protected.
1: And you've got a Canadian on the call who's saying, "Yeah, I get secondhand embarrassment every single time." <laughs>
3: So you're fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll attempt a cannonball into the fake marina and then he'll get a little broken ankle and we can get get the reserve driver in. Maybe that'll happen. Oh my gosh.
2: No, he could go to the hard rock thing in the middle of the track where they actually have water and <laughs> he delightful. breaks like like he does like a, you know, like a wrist sprain and it's like, ah, "I can't really turn the car." Yeah, Logan. Yeah, get your uniform, get your helmet ready. Let's go. Let's let's go ahead and get an American in the race car to be Actually, good. Actually,
1: and, and that's better because the thing is, if he crashes, just the we know how the cost cap and all that is just not going to help Williams. So it's it's much better that he like stubs his toe or like you know has a really, paper cut, yeah, or something, and then can't race, but still keep the car intact. <laughs>
2: I think going on a bender might be easier for him than the than this <laughs> more justification, better justification than a paper cut. But you know, we'll go with paper cut. With Nicholas Latifi, he is liable to probably cut himself on like a piece of loose leaf paper for
0: sure. <laughs> probably cut himself on the paint that the Williams have stripped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, they
2: keep totally on cut. stripping the paint. That is true. That is true. They want a whole carbon car now, so.
1: Oh Lord!
0: <laughs> right. Um, so now that we've covered, obviously we'll, we could mention S.B.L.Con, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't qualify because he crashed into the very dangerous concrete wall there is um, mm-hmm. on this track, which I don't think people uh, really mentioned enough. It was a fifty-one G impact that he had in uh, in practice today, okay. straight into concrete. Um, so yeah, I hopefully by the time we come back round to Miami next year, they have that fitted with proper with proper barriers. Um, so now we'll move on to the good old podium predictions. Um I was on the preview show for this, and I don't actually remember what my prediction was, so it may change. Um so Rachel, as it's your first, <laughs> first show, we'll start with you. Um So, yeah, just run us through. Who do you think will be on the podium for tomorrow?
3: I think P1, we're going to have Charles up there. Um, P2, I think Max is going to make his way past Carlos Sainz. And P3, I think Sergio, because Carlos, I don't know if his bad luck is completely past yet. But, I I mean, I don't wish that upon him for sure. You should go knock on some wood right now. (laughs) I, I all I can do is tap on glass right now. That's all I got in front of me. So but I that's gonna be I'm gonna say Charles, Max, Sergio.
0: Okay. Uh Philip.
2: Let's see. I'll I'll go with uh, Charlie Claire to get a win tomorrow. Um in regards to P two, I'll I'll go chalk as well with Rachel. I'll go with Max for stopping for P two. And then in P three, I'll go um I'll get crazy here because um mm-hmm. fact of the matter is Lewis Hamilton's streak of starting qualifying in the top five in the United States was broken today. But he's I think finished in the top five or six in all these US rounds and he's gonna continue that. He's gonna pull one out. Um, He's going to make First Lady Obama proud Um, He's going to put it on the podium And tie his best result of the year Corpusing and jewelry Including questionable places That he has jewelry and all He will get a podium at Miami And then hold the best party of anybody Even though he's only finishing third
0: (laughs) Sounds 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 pretty good Uh, Angelica
1: yeah i was also gonna go with a wild card one because i think we all know what's probably gonna happen but um i think charles will take p1 you know what i want carlos to feel confident he can take the p2 fine with that whatever um i was going to go lewis for p3 as like a fun thing but since philip Barney called time i'm gonna say let's get valtry why not p3 and the alpha who knows i don't know. Stranger things have happened.
0: <laughs> I was going to say the bold predictions come later. Um, that, but, so
2: that's <laughs> the bold prediction. That would be the first podium, <laughs> I think, for Sauber since um, Sergio Perez in 2012. Yeah. Or something perhaps, like yeah. that. Yeah, probably, yeah. Something like that. I have to look it up
0: now. Just give me a his- um, yeah, while you do that, I'm trying I'm still like while you are all talking, trying to think of what I said in the preview. And I think I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I went with a Red Bull one, too. Uh so <laughs> I may stick with that actually. I'll go for it. I'll 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 stick to my guns. And I think I said Max P1, Sergio P2, and yeah, I think I then said Leclerc P3. Don't know how it's gonna happen, but there we go. Um and yeah, we'll now move on to bold predictions. Um so, Rachel, bold prediction
3: for this race. I think it's gonna rain. It's Miami. These clouds come out of nowhere. And it rains for about, you know, maybe a minute, and then it stops. And, and really in that type of heat, they, the storms come out of nowhere. You really don't even see it coming. And then all of a sudden this beautiful fluffy cloud turns into a rain cloud and i'm gonna say it's gonna get wet in miami the fake marina will have <laughs> some water
0: <laughs> i mean yeah i mean there was even worries today that there could be a well, it was a pretty low threat of a, a potential thunderstorm um and they were they were getting actually slightly worried about the um uh the clouds but to have a quick look on the uh you know weather forecast and I
3: probably should have checked the forecast before I made my boat. I mean, you may actually not
0: be wrong. It's scheduled to rain in the morning and as well as two and four o'clock as well as a 40 cent chance of rain. Um, I don't actually know what the local time of the Grand Prix is, but <laughs> if that's before or after. Um, four o'clock is usually at the,
2: I think four o'clock is the start of of the race or around there because the yeah, I think so. It might be at the start of the race. So
0: yeah, so there you go. Um,
2: yeah, Philip, what's yours. Well, I'm going to go, and um, I think my bold prediction. I mean, it is just to confirm. I think the last time a Sauber did get on the podium was Sergio Perez at Monza in 2012. Based on my quick. Hello. I'm checking of of um, racing reference, so that would be pretty good. Um, I'm going to say that um, Mick Schumacher gets a point tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where that is, I don't know. <laughs> He's going to get into the top 10. He has one out of 10. He has 10 chances, so uh, I figure Mick Schumacher finally gets out of that um, uh, duck points-wise gets himself away from Nick. Uh, Mick and Nick, he'll be away, and he'll
0: get his first points of his Formula One career tomorrow in Miami. Uh, I'll actually just quickly check what the local time the race is. they half three, so half an hour into the race, we could, could actually get some rain. Uh, and Shanika? funny anyway you've already said Bottas on the podium but uh, you've I got another one not
1: bold. okay <laughs> <laughs> I if i could say you know not really related to the race but around the race um and it's not that bold either but i i would love to see danny rick do something at those hard rock little kiddie pools that they have i don't know what not like the full red bull dive because I, I don't know how deep those things are so you might not but something like that Interesting, um, and I don't know. That's like it. I think the race will be what it always is. None of us have any clue. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, for me, I could usually st- I usually stick to my uh, my traditional uh, bold prediction of Nicholas Latifi for points, uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna modify <laughs> it slightly and say Nicholas Latifi to finish uh, the race <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's yeah. the way to go. I've, you know, I've just got a it's, I've got a feeling.
3: That's really bold of you.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> I mean appreciates he it. I mean you already he's already crashed out in practice. You can't do it twice in the weekend.
1: Again, <laughs> don't ask on Carlos. On <laughs> knock on wood. What's happening? Knock
0: on wood. Um I'm not running to my door. <laughs> um, anyway, so that is Uh, All from us today, if you are listening to the show um, on YouTube right now, you'll know that we live stream all of our shows. However, if you are not listening on on YouTube, uh, we live stream all of our shows. uh, So make sure to subscribe and also hit the bell notifications to listen to all of our shows early. And you can also then ask us questions in the comment section below. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Omni Studio, as well as the F1 Chronicle website. Just search for the F1 Grid Talk Podcast. Uh, and on iTunes, um, if you give us a five star review, uh, we'll give you a shout out on our next uh, show. So it'd be great if you could do that. But all uh, feedback on our podcast is much appreciated. Uh, we have a huge back catalogue of shows, so if you're up there's something to listen to between now and the race tomorrow, if you're in the UK, it's a late one, so you might want to get in some podcasting before, before the race. We have now over 190 shows uh, for you to listen to, not just racing qualifying reviews, but also interviews with people like Mario Zola from Pirelli and more documentary-style shows. Uh, we have a Patreon, so if you'd like to support uh, the podcast um, and help towards better mics, lights, and recording equipment for all of our hosts, any support is greatly appreciated. And you can also get some official F1 Grid Talk merch at the f one chroniclecom store. I would bring out my mug right now, but I don't have it on me. Um, so now it's time to uh, turn to our guests and see where we can uh, find more from you, Rachel, as this is your debut here kick it off and where can our listeners find more of you
3: yeah so i'm from the paddock palace podcast um you can listen to us on spotify apple music google play um and also anchor fm um on our podcast we talk about formula one stuff we do various previews and post views um and we also do things like what the drivers did in between races, who's dating who, um, the zodiac signs of all the drivers and if they are compatible or not. So we kind of do fun stuff like that. We play games. Um, we ha- just had George on for a game of overrated, underrated. So that was that was fun. So yeah, give us a listen. Thank you so much for having me on. Really loved it, it was super fun.
0: No worries. Um, Philip, where can we find more from you?
2: Uh, You can find me on the Grip Strip Podcast with uh, my co-host, Josh Afine. We're 112 episodes in. Uh, You can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter and find Josh at J.P. Huffine. Um, Our Twitter handle is at Grip Strip Pod. We're on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, We're on Podbean. Uh, it's one of our um, distributing sites. And uh, you find me at philipgmatthew.com as well, which is a blog site I have and where the shows are posted. You can also find the Gripstrip Podcast on YouTube. So you get to look at you look at this beautiful face along with Josh, um, and talking about all things motorsports. We talk about Formula One, we talk about NASCAR, IndyCar. Basically, if it goes fast, we talk about it on the Gripstrip Podcast. So um, thanks a lot, Louis. Great job, as always, hosting and welcome to the ladies here. Um, great job by you both. I'm sure there will be way more positive feedback this week uh, because you both have been on um,
0: with your unique takes um, compared to when I talk. So thank you for that. Uh, no worries. Um, Phil and finally Shanika, welcome we find more from you.
1: Uh, you can find Get Checkered wherever you listen to podcasts. or so Spotify, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> and you can also follow us at Get Checkered on every single platform. Um, on our site, getcheckered.com, we have fun content so blogs reviews things like that that you can check out and if i could give a look into the lens that we bring it's just uh, we talk about the social issues in the sport uh, but there, it's a really chaotic um and a lot of fun and uh so if you listen to our latest episode you'll have five minutes of us almost crying laughing so hard so you can go check that out um but yeah we're one of the few canadian podcasters so go listen to us uh
0: thank you and if God forbid you want to uh, find more from me, uh, I'm either on here or you can find me on Twitter, which is at L underscore G underscore Edwards. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if you if you must, uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter. Um, so I want to thank all my guests uh, for joining me today. You've been uh, fantastic. And we'll be back with a race review at 11.30 British summertime. Um, but until then, stay safe and goodbye.